Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome, everybody, to VO Booth Besties. Like our intro said, we're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we'll have a new topic and a guest speaker who's an expert on that topic. Speaking of which, we want to make sure you're all current on the awesome speakers we have coming up and other exciting opportunities. So if you want to be in the know, make sure you're on our email list. If you'd like to be added, just swing by our website, boothbesties.com, shoot us a message with your email. And lastly, if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, you can join us there too. Quick bit of housekeeping in order to stay on topic and get as many of your questions answered as we can. We're going to keep the hand raising off. However, the chat will remain open. And this week, our guest bestie, Amy Stafford, is going to be monitoring that. Without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, Amy. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. Jen, thanks so much for having me today. Thank you. Uh, Tell you guys a little bit about our guest, Alex. Alex Blaisdell is the founder and CEO of Sixth Media, an award-winning digital marketing agency based in Utah. Alex helps businesses and brands create custom digital marketing campaigns through SEO and paid advertising. And while he's all about organic search and data-driven marketing, Alex will tell you that what he's really in the business of is human happiness. He really wants his team members, clients, and their families to achieve new levels of success by working together in a true partnership to achieve maximum results. Alex also has a passion for mental health. He helps others struggling to find their purpose and pursuit of happiness by developing mental toughness and self-belief. So cool. Thanks for that, Alex. And if you ask Alex what his why is, he'll tell you that it's his family. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to VO Booth Besties and Clubhouse. Thank you. And I appreciate the intro. So thank you so much. Is there anything we missed? Anything else you want to tell us about you since we're not familiar? Um, let's see. I think you guys nailed it. I I've been married to my wife for 12 years now. We have four kids, um, all under nine. Wow. Um, We live out in Utah. We have we have a lot of animals. So we have two horses, three goats, like 25 chickens, two dogs. <laughs> and actually my wife just got two kittens last week. Aww. So we are a full house. That is awesome. I also have two dogs and two cats. And Alicia, who is unable, unable to join us tonight, has chickens. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad I can just do everything for you guys on as far as the animal side goes. <laughs> All right. I have children. So, do they qualify as animals? If you met them, I yes, I think they do. They, do. <laughs> they they do. Our first one was an angel. He would just sit in a room, play with toys for hours, and then our next three have been. I call them terrorists. They just you leave them alone for 30 seconds and it's like they get a permanent marker and draw all over the wall. So Yep. That's what happens. <laughs> the first one tricks you. Yep. <laughs> look out for that, Alex. Yep. <laughs> So last Thursday, we started our website series and um, Joe Davis of Voice Actor Websites joined us. We talked about how there are a couple of different reasons that a voice actor might want a website. The first is for a virtual business card or a landing page, basically, to give out to people so they can hear you and hire you. The second reason is so people can find you in a search. 
And the second option is so much harder to achieve and requires you can understand and work towards optimizing your SEO. This is particularly tough for voice actors because there are so many of us and we're all using the same keywords. So um, Alex, let's just start with the basics and tell us what SEO actually is. Yes, SEO, the literal term is search engine optimization. Um, but really the biggest thing is it's helping you rank higher on Google and the organic SERPs to, to drive relevant eyeballs and, and visitors and traffic to your website. And so uh, one of the things you mentioned was with voice actors, there's just a lot of you going after the same terms. And there's a lot of industries that have that same same problem, like like real estate, for example, real estate agents, those types of businesses. And so I think the big thing is really identifying and understanding what your niche is. And then that's when you can start to put together um, a pretty solid strategy to, to rank organically for that specific niche. But, you know, even a step back before that, um, with your personal brand, that's where the biggest thing that you want to do is, is even when you get a referral or somebody wants to work with you and you Google your name and you're nowhere to be found, you want to use your website and your personal brand website as that, that online, like you said, that business card, that reputation that you can, you can control and you can manage. You mentioned um, Google being able to rank you and search you. How, did the, how does Google find you? So Google's going to crawl crawl your website through their Google bot and and be able to index you for that relevant search. So when I break down SEO, there's three main areas that I'm looking at to make sure that you're having success. So your technology, which is like your foundational thing, like if you don't have a properly built website or uh, the right platform and the right structure, a lot of the other stuff doesn't matter, but you have your technology your relevance, which is how relevant you are for a specific search. So like for your own name, for example, you should 1000% own and really work towards owning that. Like, so when somebody searches, you know, Alex Blaisdell or um, anyone else's name that you want your stuff to pop up. And then the third one that I look at is trust. And this is a big one that continues to evolve. Google has changed it and keeps adding to it, but trust is a big thing. And so one of the ways that you can get trust is, again, just by having that experience and making sure that the experienced person that you are in your career, in your field, that it's reflected on your website. So those are kind of the three main areas of how Google's evaluating. And they first have to have a website that they can crawl index and has the proper stuff so that you can show up for those specific searches. Now, how often does that update? Google's Google search results. Yeah. Um, so it can, it can vary um, depending on how big your website is, but most personal brand websites aren't going to have, they call it a crawl budget where they can't crawl your entire website, but Google's updating this pretty much every day. And when you build out new parts of your content, you can actually signal to Google to crawl certain parts of your website. Um, okay. So they've gotten so good at it that it's just automatic at this point. Um, if you are having, there are certain things though, like if you don't, like I still find some websites that if you mark your website, like no follow, no index, you're telling Google to not crawl your website. So you're never going to be found. And so that's a common, like obvious thing that will obviously <laughs> never going to be found if, if that's the situation going on. So there's certain technical things that need to be in place. But once you kind of have that, you can just kind of build upon it and it's, it's pretty quick. 
Can you manually submit your website to be crawled if you've done some updates? Yeah, you can. You can do that through Google Search Console. Okay. So it's just a free tool that Google provides. So is it important then to continually update your website so that you kind of refresh that indexing on a regular basis? Um, yes, but sometimes people interpret that as like just, oh, I got to just add a couple words here because I'm refreshing my content. I think more importantly than that, think about your user and the person that's going to be coming to your website and continue to build on that. So again, if like your person that you're trying to get to come to your website, uh, you know, has, has a specific purpose, you should be building content around them versus like trying to just build it for the search engine. If you have the user in mind, like first and always, you'll be successful with SEO and with getting your website to rank. But the, the key too is like, you know, again, like you don't have to update your website in terms of like just changing certain little elements. But if you're going to be trying to rank for a specific topic, let's say you want to be the expert at, you know, voice actor, like the voice actor coach or whatever, you want to okay. continually be putting out content around here's the top 10 things that you can do as a voice actor in your first couple of years. Here's, here's the five mistakes to avoid, or here's the top three things on how to get, you know, booked gigs and have it start becoming a full-time income or, and then as you put out more and more content, what happens is you, you develop content clusters on your website. And now Google now crawls your website and not only see like your homepage, maybe some of your service pages or your bio, but now you have like supporting pages that talk about you being a voice acting coach. Now mm -hmm. you're going to be more relevant for all of that because they're going to crawl that big, uh, all, all pages on your website and create content clusters that will make you relevant. That makes sense. Yeah, actually um, a hot debate right now is, is blogging dead? <laughs> so how do you create that content on your website? Do you just have a place that you link to your social media content or is it good to blog? It is good to blog. And I would say blogging with a purpose. So again, okay. if your purpose is to like, so obviously when, when we help somebody build their blog at six media, we're very intentional. We can look at the specific keywords and know what people are searching for. And so we, we create a very, strategic purpose blog strategy, right? Where we're going after specific things people are searching for. If you don't have all that data and you're just know you want to post a blog because you know it's going to be good for you to just start, just start to post things that are going to be beneficial to your user. <clears throat> so if you, again, have focus on the user first and people coming to your website, if you're truly adding value in your blog posts and your content, then you're going to win. If you're just adding a blog post to say, I'm adding this blog post because I want to rank higher in Google, you have it backwards. Like a lot of SEOs sometimes think like a robot, but the ones that are like really succeeding can actually think like a business owner. They can think like the end user and you, you actually are trying to build that for them, not just because you want to rank a blog higher. Okay. So in our case, we don't have a blog, but we have our podcast. We have a speaker page with the upcoming speakers and topics, and then we have a separate page for our podcast where you can find all of the episodes. Would it be better for our SEO if we had um, transcripts? Yes, yes, you should definitely transcript 
um, your blog posts or like different videos. Like if you did a 10 minute educational video, you could take that video and have it on YouTube. So now you're actually leveraging YouTube SEO as well. Cause that's the second largest search engine right behind Google. And then you want to transcribe that as well. And what I've typically done, cause again, you're focused on the user experience instead of just transcribing a podcast, that's an hour long podcast. And it's one big block of yeah. text. Try to chunk up your, your, your content and put different headers that will make sense so that if somebody's trying to look to a specific portion of what you talked about in that podcast, it's very easy for them to find. And a lot of times I find when you have a really long piece of content like that, mm -hmm. you can create a jump link menu at the top of your blog post where they can land on your page, see what the topic was about, and then it choose the subtopic sub they're most interested in and jump to it. But now Google can index your entire content. You have YouTube indexing if you do a video podcast, or even, mm -hmm. even if you don't do video, you should put it on audio on YouTube and it can still get picked up there as well. And then obviously push it and syndicate it to all the other platforms that do audio. And then that's going to, that winning formulation. Well, then we're doing something right. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. So let me move on. How about keywords? Yes. So keywords, a lot of people and a lot of like old school SEOs, like I'm even thinking like 10 years ago in the space, you had like specific keyword strategies like, okay, sign on for our lowest package and we'll optimize for these. You get 10 keywords that get optimized, right? Mm -hmm. And I never understood that strategy because really with how Google operates, there's so many of the searches on Google that are completely unique. And so by looking at just limiting yourself to a few keywords, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. So how we look at keywords is we do, we do keyword research hundred percent and we find the ones that you're most relevant for. But then what we actually do is we take those keywords. Let's say you have a hundred or, you know, 50 or 150, like whatever the number is, because we're just trying to find relevant keywords for you. Mm -hmm. Then what we do is we take them and group them to specific pages. So we group them like in a keyword family. And that's one of the best ways to think about it. So like, again, if you're doing voice acting, like give me, give me, what's a category for voice acting? Like what's some specific subcategories? Um, medical narration. Mm -hmm. Okay. So perfect. So if you were a, a voice actor and you did medical narration and animation, what you would do is you would actually segment those specific pages instead of just like, so your home page the keyword grouping and family that you'd focus on would be your big head terms. So like voice acting or voice acting. If you wanted stuff locally, you'd be like voice acting in, you know, Salt Lake city, Utah, that would be like your homepage. And then once you get down to the sub page, you want to start to build a keyword family around voice acting for animation and then talk about the, you know, the, the pros and cons and the value that if you have the best voice actor for animation, how it's going to make your animations better and all these things, right. You just build content around that. And so yes, keywords and all that are, are important, but again, it goes back to just write high value quality copy for the user. And if you're doing that and segmenting out your subcategories or subservices properly, it's naturally going to happen. And then there's just a couple little tricks here and there, but like, don't take a piece of content and just like write the exact keyword in there because you think it's going to rank that. That was something that worked like 10 years ago. And Google obviously has gotten a lot smarter and 
a lot more user friendly since then. Okay. So where are we putting the keywords? Are we putting them in the meta description for the page or for pictures or for our sound files and videos? Yeah. So the, the biggest, most important one that's weighted is your title tag of your, your page. So that would be like in your metadata, the, the page title. And so again, I, I prefer a natural, natural, I guess, SEO for the user. So instead of like doing keyword pipe, keyword pipe, keyword, where it just looks like keyword stuffing, just yeah. write it out in like a sentence structure that flows. But the main thing is when they see that title tag, do they understand what the page is going to be about when they land on it? So that's one of the most main important areas. You mentioned the meta description, which is the description you see in Google. There's debates on if that actually holds weight or not in the SEO, like algorithm and ranking. Mm -hmm. um, it always will, because that's where I would, I would add more of a, a call to action, like write such a good description that somebody reads it and like, wow, that's exactly what I need that I'm going to click through to that. So that's kind of how I use our descriptions is more of a call to action, more of something to get the attention of the user. And then yes, there's, you can put them as alt descriptions to your images. So you want to describe your images to Google so that they can pick them up and know exactly what they are. Although I'm sure with, as Google keeps advancing and stuff, they're going to be able to, to, understand what it already is without that stuff but again putting it in there and then yeah uh, as far as like keywords in the content again don't stuff them in there but when it's natural put it in there um, another thing that we like to do is add like faqs or other things like that to content pages so now you actually like if somebody's asking questions again going about like voice acting for animation you could have faqs about voice acting for animation Mm -hmm. and answering those the common questions you get so now your entire page content is all wrapped around the same topic which gives you higher relevance which will help you rank right so it's kind of just do it in a natural way i can't stress that enough like so many people still try to do it like a robot and with with ai and with chat gpt um it's just gonna get ten thousand times worse where people are just copying pasting out of that stuff and so yeah you definitely want to just, again, focus your content on high value for the user and, and you'll win. So what we talked about on Thursday with Joe, a lot of voice actors, as they're just starting out, don't have a lot of content to put on their website. So they're going to start out with a simple one page and eventually grow into separate, um, separate tabs for maybe commercial and, um, medical and narration and promo and some of the other genres. So until they have enough content to build out into those different, you know, really making their, their website more comprehensive, what do you suggest for a one page website to what's going to be key for those people to get noticed? Um, the first thing that I would say would just be on the right platform. So I, in this situation um, where even if you're going to be selling products and stuff, I would say WordPress a hundred percent, just because this, the content management system of WordPress is built in a way that allows you to scale and grow. Um, it can't, and there's certain templates out there that are better than others. Um, but like, you know, if you were going to, if you were going to spend a lot of time trying to build and understand a platform, I would do that. And then even just find a template where you can, can roll into it. Um, like, 
people sometimes get stuck like using GoDaddy website builder um, or Squarespace or Wix, which they've gotten a lot better, but nothing at this point compares to WordPress. And then the cool thing is if you build on the right platform, <clears throat> instead of having to rebuild as you expand, you can just build upon um, mm. and keep expanding there. So I think that's a really big thing. And then again, like there, there's a lot of unique things that you could do if you don't have like your own content for that, but that's still something that you're passionate about or you know you want to go into. There's still ways that you can create different pages and say, this is what I'm passionate about. And here's why I'm passionate about, you know, voice acting for, you know, medical or animation or why I think I'm good at it. Or, you know, you can get into a lot of different things and build out that. But again, I think the biggest thing for a personal brand website is just having your resume and be reflected as the professional that you are. And so again, just making sure that when they come to it, like if they get a referral that they say they should hire you or you go, you go interview or do an audition, like they come to your website and they're like, okay, that, that just solidified it. I want to hire that guy. Right. And so that's kind of the main thing that I would focus on. That is very helpful to know. Kind of along the same vein, let's talk about link backs. Yeah. Like link, link building and uh, link acquisition. So going back to your blog, if you're, you're talking about, um, for us, a previous podcast, and we're linking to the website of our guest and maybe to a website for their book or their product. How important is that to Google? Yeah, that's really important. So those three pillars I brought up, the technology, relevance, and trust, backlinks and link acquisition and trust of your website, that's where this would all fall into. Um, and again, the biggest thing is is quality and relevancy of these links, not quantity. So you don't want to just like, you know, you, if somebody emails your email and says, hey, can you link back to my website? Here's if, if you link back to mine and it's it's like a not quality person or a quality company mm -hmm. that might not be good. One. But again, you mentioned a good example of how to drive good natural links to your website, like go on a bunch of podcasts and when you're on that podcast, do have them link back to your website or to other spots eventually because now you're going to get a link back from that podcast host and that podcast show that come back to your website. Just be active in getting your stuff out there. There's also opportunities in a lot of the industries, I'm not sure with, with voice acting, but like to do a lot of guest posting or where, you know, big, bigger name websites want experts that write about specific niches, right? Like SEO for me, I could go to search engine land and, you know, offer to write something and try to go through their process to become an author or a writer on their website and have that build back. That would build my personal brand, but also build my personal website and probably six media's website. Cause I probably get links back to all those. So there's ways you can do it. Um, even like hosting uh, local events or local give back programs. Like a lot of times, if you're the one that's organizing that, you'll get links back from there. So there's a lot of good natural ways. Um, and a lot of times it's just being aware of it too. Cause like if you host a local event and you are the main sponsor or the one that organized it and they have a good website and you don't even ask, Hey, can you, on my profile, can you link back to my website? A lot of times they won't. So a lot of times when we're working with like bigger personal brands, that's one of the things that we're doing is like, where do they make an appearance or where do they add value? 
on certain events or certain things going on. And we can often go back even sometimes when it's been like six months or a year and go back and reach out and say, Hey, we noticed so-and-so did this with you guys back in September. Would you mind linking to our website? It would really help us out. And a lot of times we get that link. So again, just being aware of it, asking for it, um, is kind of the first step. And then again, just being active in your community online, putting out, content, I think is just a good natural way to do that. Before we dig into some technical stuff, we are just about at the halfway mark. So yeah, we'd like to thank our uh, sponsor for today, Dan Friedman. If anyone in the audience knows Dan, uh, you know what an amazing stand-up guy he is. Uh, And his company is Sound4VO, Professional Coaching for Voice and Sound. Dan offers transformational coaching with undeniable results. He really does. And we're excited to share that Dan's new book, Zen and the Art of VoiceOver, is now available on Amazon. So definitely check that out. Um, If you have questions or you're interested in coaching with Dan, reach out to him by email um, at dan at sound, the number four, vo.com. And you'll find the link to Sound4VO and email in the chat shortly. So let's just do a quick room reset. If you have just joined us, we are VO Booth Besties and Guestie. (laughs) Our goal is to help working voice actors get the answers to their questions from the pros who know. Tonight, we are joined by Alex Blaisdell. Do we have any questions in the chat we need to address? We do. We would like, uh, Terry would like to know, how long should a bio be and what are the musts that should be included in a bio? Yeah, so length, I, I wouldn't say length necessarily matters i would just say if you don't have like a long resume or history of experience try to make it as long as possible um must that should be included in it i would say like and this is going to be different in every industry but like certifications or school or class or communities or places you've contributed where they can like find your content or your insights like things like that that just give you credibility in your space so i don't i don't know the voice acting space but let's say who is that guy that you just did the sponsor for friedman dan friedman dan friedman yeah maybe he has a certification of going through his coaching and you you passed you know level five or whatever it is you could say that you're to that point or even if he's reputable in the space like there's several coaches that i work with on the business side that as I start to work with more and more businesses, I can say I've been coached by this person or I've been coached by this person, right? And so these are types of things that you can add to your bio that just add credibility. And again, going the biggest thing for me is is just don't don't BS it. Just be real yeah. about it, be authentic. And that's probably the most important thing. And then things that are credible in your space. So you guys would know better than me, but I would just input those things. All right. So I would say um, the people that you've coached with, the genres that you've coached with them in, because different coaches uh, will focus on different things. Any awards that you've been nominated for, awards that you have won. Um, you know, if you've spoken at an event, um, if you have been part of maybe an online competition, that's going to be a, a good way to um, build those links that we talked about. Basically, the things that you would put on your resume that you were going to send to an agency for representation. Those things should all be somewhere in your bio or somewhere on your website. Yep. I agree. 
Okay. So let's dig into uh, some of the more technical stuff, like optimizing your site's loading speed. Yes, that is extremely important, especially um, in today's world uh, with core web vitals. So there's a lot of different aspects to that. So at a high level, some of the most basic things that when people's sites load really slowly, it's one of the main things that is the biggest culprit a lot of times is image size. So those take like a professionally photographer image that might be like 5,000 by 5,000 pixels or something large, and they don't actually compress it before you upload it to your website. And so you now every time, even when somebody's loading your website from a mobile phone, they'll load this really large image and it's just can take a long time. Um, a lot of that has to do with the technology, the platform. Um, your hosting actually makes quite a bit of uh, difference as well. So there's like, we, we host all of our sites. We partnered with uh, Amazon Web Services and through that we have dedicated hosting. So your hosting and your website is not on like a shared hosting plan. Um, but again, if you're budget, budget friendly and you just wanna get a site up there, a shared hosting plan can be a lot cheaper than getting like a dedicated host. Um, but yeah, site tweet is definitely going to be one of those things. And Google has a free tool, um, PageSpeed Insights, that you can go look at and just test to see where your website's at. And then they might even have some stuff that it, that they can take away. There's also a lot of like you have to be careful, but there are some like random people on like Upwork and things like that that can do site speed work. Um, I would probably say somebody that's maybe more credible that you're familiar with or that you can look at their reviews and stuff like that. But you can even just hire people sometimes just to improve site speed if that's something that you feel like is is holding you back. Yeah, I think um, a problem that a lot of new voice actors, when they start their website, one of the things they run into is a slow speed because the site that they've chosen, the host or the the builder doesn't have the bandwidth for their audio files or the the pictures, or, you know, if you've got video samples that you've got on there as well, don't do the stereo wave file. Mono MP3 is fine. You right. know, keep, yeah. it, keep it moving. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And you'll be able to, when you plug it into that tool, a lot of times it will say your images or whatever, there might be some other stuff that you might need to send to like a developer. But the, the cool thing is with most, most, most websites and most platforms, even is you'll be able to improve that if you just kind of do some of the basic stuff, like with audio files or image files, like you're saying. How important is it to ensure that your website is optimized for mobile and is responsive uh, to different screen sizes? Yeah, it's really important. And, and honestly, that's, I don't even, it's very few that I even come across. I feel like websites now that aren't that way. And that's like a big red flag for us that they need help. Um, mm -hmm. It's a pretty standard thing now. Most builders, any builder, even like probably GoDaddy, Squarespace, Wix, uh, WordPress, a theme or a template, Shopify, all these are going to have responsive designs and stuff. And I think the biggest thing is just making sure that you test a couple different, couple different devices because sometimes it can be optimized for one device and there's some funky thing in the code that doesn't do it for like an iPad or something like a different size device. So yeah, it's definitely important. That's part of core web vitals and how the screen sizes, if they're shifting upon loading and doing a lot of weird things that can affect it. Um, so you can just kind of test that. But most 
platforms and builders and templates should kind of have that pre-baked in for the most part. Um, but and most most any developer, even if they don't understand SEO, should also realize that in today's day and age. So it's a pretty common thing that I don't know if you'll you'll find a situation where that's not available to you to to get that done. Um, we talked about this a little bit on Thursday, voiceactors.com, even with their free one page website, because they're using WordPress on the back end, people have been able to just upload their stuff in about 15 minutes and it's good to go. It, it is absolutely optimized for all the platforms. One thing we found personally on our Wix sites is that while it gives you the option to preview in both laptop and mobile is a lot of times you've got to independently fix the mobile layout yourself, which is really a pain in the butt. So the, I, I would just say, don't use Wix. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say to that. But um, again, Wix can be a good starter platform. It's really easy to build. And it, you know, a lot of times too, you'll just kind of have to evaluate like, okay, is it, is it worth it to do this or worth it to do that? Um, but yeah, I would say you can find WordPress templates that are easy to build and, and you can figure out just by Googling it um, and kind of going through the motions there too. So, so what is a sitemap? So your sitemap, the one that is most important for SEO is your XML sitemap. So that's the sitemap of your website. Your, how your site is structured from like the home page down to the about page to so the service pages and then all the sub pages. And so that's what Google crawls. The Google bot goes through and can crawl the sitemap to understand which of your pages are and the relationship between like the parent page and the child page. Um, so yeah, a lot of websites like, like WordPress, depending on what plugin you use, whether that's um, Yoast or Rank Map, it will automatically create a sitemap for you. And then that sitemap, that XML link, that's the sitemap that you can then submit to Google Search Console to have them crawl your site when it's brand new. And that will help get it picked up in the search engine a lot quicker. Okay, so every site will have a sitemap. It should. I'm not familiar with some of the other platforms. They should have it. But yeah, everyone okay. should have an XML sitemap. Um, and then that, again, is just a way that Googlebot uses to crawl your site. So. A lot of times, sometimes if somebody has like a really big custom build, we'll find discrepancies in the actual pages of the website and the sitemap. And so we'll have to go clean those out or fix those or figure out why it's not populating correctly. Because if those there's discrepancies there, it can cause some technical issues. Uh, there's other things like, um, like orphan pages in the sitemap. Basically, it means the page exists in your sitemap, but isn't on your website and that can cause issues. But overall with the personal brand website, it's not going to get crazy in depth and you should be able to, to get that automatically created. Like, like I said, WordPress with the plugins like Yoast SEO or rank math, it will automatically create an XML sitemap for you. And you can actually, it will automatically create that link. You can copy and paste your URL and submit it and you should be good to go. Now, if you're not using WordPress, is there an easy way for a novice to find their sitemap and understand it and know what needs to be fixed? Yeah, let me, I'm going to get a Google right now, Wix XML sitemap and see what, what pulls up. Okay. I bet, 
I bet it will literally tell me. And I bet, yeah. So like, there's like, that's the other thing too, is with Google and with how it works. Like I just got, it says submitting your sitemap and URLs directly to search support.wix. And it gives me an article, gives me the step-by-step on how to do it. So when it, when in doubt, you can just Google it, especially something (laughs) like that. And there's going to be a million resources probably to help you out how to do it. Okay. See, these are things that people who are just building their website for the first time don't know about, don't even know to think about. And that's why we're here tonight. Thank you very much. Yeah. I I don't know how the world existed without Google. Like I Google everything, how to be a better father, how to raise kids, how to do marketing, SEO, whatever it is, like how to do code. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff too, like with chat GPT that you can leverage. Um, Like it actually can write code for you and do certain things like that. Um, it's just all about the inputs that you have into that tool to make it valuable. But there's, there's a lot of resources and we, you just have to go find it and do it. And then if you're like a video learner, like nine times out of 10, it's probably on YouTube as well. Like I remember years ago, I had to change some random part in my wife's car Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I, I'm not a car guy by any means. And this was like, I don't know when we were first married and couldn't afford a mechanic. I Googled it and somebody was there like, hi, how to change this specific part in an Acura TL 2009. And I'm like, what the heck? Like there was the exact person <laughs> doing the exact job I was doing. So I followed the video and I got it done. So building websites, you're going to be able to find all that stuff on YouTube. That The reason why I have a career and job is it can get very complicated. And a lot of the information is out there, but it's just, it, it's that learning curve. Like, is it really yeah. worth to you to do it DIY? Or should you be perfecting your craft and maximizing your time over there? Um, and then obviously, like all these little nuances and all the things, like it can get pretty overwhelming pretty quick. But yeah, for sure. And Google, I have replaced a sliding door on my deck. I fixed the dryer more than once and learned that I could actually cut tree roots out of my yard with a reciprocating saw. Nice. Like, Google is awesome. It's a love-hate relationship sometimes though, with, <laughs> right? with it, but that's just me. <laughs> Alex, I have a question if I can jump in for a sec. Yeah. Um, with the development of AI, and I, I don't even actually know if I'm asking the right question, but is there a way that the AI beasts that be can steal things from our sites, even if they're protected. Like for instance, say we signed our contract with the client and we know that they're not using it for, you know, machine learning or whatever it is. Um, you know, we're all covered on that side, but then it goes on YouTube and then we put the YouTube link on our page. Is there a way that potentially our audio and or things like blog content? Um, although, you know, as voice actors, I'm mainly, I think we were mainly concerned with our audio being, being taken. Um, is there a way to like protect from that? Is that a thing that's happening? I just don't understand it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, AI, there's, there's a lot of fear mongering. There's a lot of stuff going on where people are just trying to maximize getting a dollar in their pocket. And so I, I still think AI where it's at right now, especially like if you talk about language or chat GPT, the inputs will dictate like the outcome, how quality you get. So we use it all the time in terms of like how to create wireframes. And even if like you're trying to do a video, like getting video hook ideas, but when people copy and paste it, that's where it can be bad. As far as like protecting your, like 
IP or your audio, um, that could be, I mean, that's, it's kind of harder to say. I don't know if there's a real way to do that other than just having really good copyright, like uh, probably terms of service on your website and different things like that. So that if you ever do find anybody that has copied it, you can enforce that. Um, and that is the thing with AI, with a lot of industries, including SEO, including probably voice acting is, I mean, you can, AI voices now are getting pretty legit. Like they haven't caught up as far as video, but like you've seen all this stuff going around where AI is mimicking the voice of somebody else and creating all this stuff out there. Um, and so it is what it is, but at the same time, like my whole feeling on AI is embrace it, leverage it, see how you can use it, how it can make you better. Like, for example, like voice stuff that I'm familiar with is like the beginning of an intro video. I know like if I do an onboarding video for my client that I'm saying, you know, hi, Steve, hi, Joe, hi, Susan. Um, I can actually just create the video one time and then AI can take my voice and change it and actually say those different names. So I don't have to actually create a custom video intro for every new partner. I can just leverage AI to copy my voice that just changes stuff like that. So there's already stuff like that in the works. Um, and so I would just say the main thing is just educate yourself with it. Again, Google's a great resource. Uh, Bing actually has a lot more advanced AI stuff than Google, I think, as of now. Um, but don't like it's, you know, it's, I don't think it can like take over the world. And it's not iRobot uh, just yet, I guess. But just kind of be be aware of it, learn about it, leverage it. Um, where you can be more efficient. But if you were able to learn some of that stuff and be able to be more efficient, I think that's where the, the wind can come. Okay. So. And I know you're not a lawyer, but you said something about having something on your, like your terms on your website saying you are not allowed to steal <laughs> this voice from this page. Like putting that explicitly on there, does does that hold up in court? Like, have you seen that? I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure in the voice space, honestly. I just know like uh, for our terms of service, like with our agreements, we have our terms of service on the website. And then part of our terms of service is we reserve the right to change our terms of service if we need to. And so we, on our agreements, it says this agreement coincides with our terms of service. So yeah, there's different things like that on there. Um, but I, I don't know what the voice space, and especially with AI and it being able to mimic voices and stuff like that. Um, that that's definitely something that I I wouldn't know on, but I would recommend looking into and seeing what you guys yeah. can do. Okay. That's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I bet we can find out if we Google. <laughs> yep, <laughs> can we, how do we include something in our terms of service on our website? And actually, I think that's something that most of us don't even think about putting on our website. Um, so, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and give a and, plug to Nava because I know that they are thinking about this from all different angles and I'm sure they've got something um, that they're, they've probably either got on their site or are working on that would, um, that would help, you know, protect you against that. Good point. Good point. We could always reach out to Nava and say, Hey, do you have this? Um, I'm sure it's available as a resource that you can just copy and paste it and put it on your website and use it where you need to. Yeah. And ChatGPT actually does a pretty good job at legal documentation as well. Obviously have a legal expert review it, but it can do a pretty basic agreements and stuff like that that can it can spin it up but i would just that's make hilarious. sure you double check it that's so funny how ironic that you would use chat gpt to write you your terms of service 
saying protect it, me and say I? Yeah, it, it, would, that it would probably do it would probably do it pretty accurately, but yeah, to protect it against itself, yeah. Huh. Uh, that is the definition of irony right there. Okay. Well, Alex, before you go, we like to ask our guests three just for fun questions, a little James Lipton style. So uh could you tell us what singer band or composer you're enjoying right now? Oh, that is a tough one. Um I I think I've, what I've really been into lately is just like all things country. I don't know. Maybe it's the warmer weather in the summer after the worst winter we had here since 1983 in Utah, but I'm just liking all country right now. So Nice. Have you heard that song, Thank God, by, who is it by? Browns? Like, I think their last name is Brown. Super sweet I, song. I haven't, but I am Googling it right now so I can listen to it later. Good. If you like acoustic <laughs> sort of country. I don't listen to a lot of country, but I don't know. It came up on the radio the other day and I was like, oh, it's a good song. Um, number two, what podcast have you been listening to lately? Um, podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of Ed Milet's podcast. And I also like Andy Frisella's podcast. Um, those are I, all the podcasts I basically listen to are are like business focus, like how to scale mindset, all that type of stuff. Because I feel like, you know, as an entrepreneur, or even as uh, somebody that's just trying to make it on on your own, where it's kind of up to you to perform, like it's freaking tough. Like it, there's so many ups and downs. There's days where you're celebrating. There's days where you're curled up in the fetal position, trying to figure out what you're going to do next. And so I think it's so important for me, at least to, to always be feeding my brain with like positive content. So I, I really like Ed and Andy's um, stuff. They're, they're, I think Ed's an almost billionaire if he's not already. And Andy runs uh, like a four or $500 million company, I think. And so their advice, they've kind of been through every step. And so it's, those are really powerful. I love that. And I totally agree. Being a business owner is, is hard for so many reasons. And like you said, just being encouraged by, a business podcast or just hearing two people kind of banter about day-to-day life as a business person is, um, yeah, it's always really helpful. And lastly, we want to ask you what your favorite dessert is. And I hope that you're on dessert, Team Creme I do like Creme Brulee. It's, it's pretty solid. But I I would have to say I like mint ice cream. That's probably yeah. my, my go-to. Solid choice. I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Can't go wrong with ice cream. <laughs> I'm... What about you, JT? No, I am all about the creme brulee. My all-time favorite um, is lavender creme brulee. Oh, they make that? That's a thing? It is a thing. Oh, my word. And it's amazing. Be still I, haven't, my- I haven't had dinner yet, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go <laughs> on and get some dessert now. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We want to remind everyone that VO Booth Besties is live two days a week. We invite you to join us on Monday nights at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern, and for our VO 101 series on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Yep, that's right. And meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Be- uh, Booth Besties Facebook group if you're not on there already. Replays are, are always available uh, to listen to on our website, boothbesties.com on YouTube podcasts or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts and be sure to share your comments, like subscribe, all the things sign up for the VO booth besties Monday newsletter. So you know what's coming up in the week ahead. 
And you'll also find discounts from our affiliate partners there as well. We um, just got a new affiliate partner, Voice123, who offered a 15% discount. Um, so that's super cool. I actually just uh, looked into that today. And coming up on Thursday on our Rio 101 series, we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We're going to review some of the websites you already have, and we're going to be on Zoom instead of in Clubhouse. So we will post that Zoom link in the Facebook group. We will post it in the Clubhouse because you can't look at websites in Clubhouse. We're going to be joined by Douglas Kelly, who's going to make sure our websites are ADA friendly. Um, We're also going to look at some SEO. We're going to look at content and a little bit on design elements. So head to the Facebook group and submit your website for consideration. We will be choosing them at random. But if you go to the Facebook group in about three minutes, there will be a post that asks you to put your website in there for consideration on Thursday as we review those. 60, 59, 58, just kidding, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly three minutes. Um, and don't forget, guys, next Monday, we are starting our genre series with Martha Kahn. Um, I have not worked with her personally, but I hear amazing things about her. <clears throat> She um, will be talking to us about getting your kiddos involved in VO. She specializes, you know, in kids and VO. And um, yeah, so if you have kids that are interested, you know, that always want to pop into our booth and get behind the mic, uh, definitely be there for that. It'll be one not to miss. Thank you, everyone, for your time. It's lovely looking down at all y'all in the audience. And I hope you have a great night. Alex, thanks for, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.